0: Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We are going to dive into God's Word. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40 today. It's going to be awesome. You can turn in your Bible, turn on your tablet, turn on your phone, whatever you're doing. Get to Isaiah chapter 40. It's going to be an awesome, awesome day. I want to start part one of a two-part series that's going to be the conclusion of this summer series called FOMO. We've been focused on this aspect of the fear of missing out, and, and I, I just, you know, this weekend was an emotional weekend for me and kind of riding a roller coaster of various things and uh, didn't have my bride with me. She was up in Indiana with her grandmother's passing and then watching everything, and, and, I, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a confessions of the not-so-rich-and-not-so-famous uh, Thursday. Uh, I was really struggling, and, and I had one of our church members really encourage me through a text because serve day, which was awesome, I mean, it was amazing. But Thursday night, I left the cafeteria flipping the lights off going, I don't know if we'll ever do this again. I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling frustrated. I was looking at a room that didn't have hardly anything in it. And I I probably said things I don't need to say sometimes. And I love our staff because they just listen to me sometimes. And, you know, I can always tell when I'm a little bit off because they'll just nod. They don't respond. They just nod. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm off. But it's one of those things that, then it was, just, it was just discouraging, right? It was like, like is this going to happen? And then Friday came. And all of a sudden, we're trying to find more tables. We're trying to find different things. We're trying to find projects. And then Saturday came. And here's the premise. Are you ready? Here's what I want you to catch. If I would have known what was coming on Saturday, I wouldn't have been discouraged Thursday. I was discouraged because I didn't know. And I think if we were to be honest, if you actually knew what God had coming in your life, you know what you wouldn't be today? You wouldn't be discouraged. And I wanna figure out how do we biblically handle discouragement? I'm not talking about depression. I'm not talking about anxiety. I'm talking about the times in your life where because of the things you don't know and the things that you seem to know that are right in front of your face, It leaves you just in this spirit of kind of like, you're just discouraged. You're just trying to figure out what's next. In fact, there's three things that I wrote in my notes that I think sometimes that we need that'll help us with discouragement, and then we're gonna dive into God's word. And it's what happened to me this weekend. I think sometimes we need to stop and we need to remember God's faithfulness in the past. You know, recently Bryn had a surgery, another surgery on her head, and uh, we're praying through some stuff. She has a fluid pocket and all this stuff. And I was getting ready. And, you know, you'd think after as many surgeries as we've had that Amy and I would just be like, you know, going up there and sitting there. And it's like, woo, this is great. God's got this. God's been faithful. He's always going to be faithful. But I'm still sitting there with, with anxiety, frustration going, oh my gosh, is everything going to be okay? You know, and, and again, you get these texts, you get these different things from different people. And you, you say, you know what, if I can stop in the middle of all the attacks of what's going on in my mind. And if I can look at where God's faithfulness has been in the past, you know what it points me to? The faithfulness coming in his future. God's faithfulness in our past will point us to the faithfulness coming in our future. The second thing that I think will help that you can do the tangible things is when you start to feel discouraged or you're struggling to get the things done, you need to get done. Sometimes you just need some friends that'll tell you the truth, right? that they'll tell you some things that are going on, they'll encourage you, they'll send you texts, they'll do different things, and they'll kind of push you forward and help pull you to where they want wanting to go. And then the last thing is I think sometimes we just got to have the ability to stay the course. I think sometimes you just got to put a stake in the ground, you just got to have the ability to stay the course. One of my favorite movies, uh, and I love The Manager, Mick, and, uh, and it's Rocky, and it's one of those things that if you ever look at the Rocky series, one of the things that was real big about his trainer is that sometimes he just had to push Rocky further than Rocky was ready to go. And sometimes I just think in our life, we just got to make a commitment that, you know what? We're not going to stay down. We're going to get up. And one of my favorite scenes is when Mick is yelling at Rocky because he's down on the, on the mat, and he says, get up, get up, get up, your dirty bum. That's the, the version I watch. Get up, you dirty bum, get up. And Rocky gets up, and then he goes and accomplishes all the things that ends up being Rocky Balboa. But I want you to know that I think there's a God in your corner that's telling you today to listen, get ready to dive in, because I think for no matter where you're at, sometimes you just got to have the ability to get up. So with that being said, let's dive in. Let's dive in and look at what God's people does because I think what you're dealing with is something that's always been going on from the very beginning of time. God's people have always struggled with discouragement. And this does fit into this FOMO series because I believe if we knew what was coming, we wouldn't worry about what was discouraging. We'd make sure we didn't miss out. So with that being said, look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Now to understand what's really going on here, I'm gonna flip very quickly. You'll see the scripture that's on the screen, but I'm gonna flip very quickly to Genesis chapter 35, because there's something that's taking place when it says, oh, why do you owe Jacob? Oh, why do you owe Israel? And they're having this major discouraging moment as God's people. They're questioning whether or not what God said he was going to do is going to be in their life and what they're said gonna do. And what they're going back to is actually a covenant that was made with Jacob, whose name is turned into Israel. And it's in chapter 35 of Genesis. It'll be on the screen, you don't have to turn there, but you can listen to this real quick In verse 10, and God said to him, talking to Jacob, your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. And I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him and a pillar of stone and poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken to him, Bethel. And you can still go back. You know, one of the things I'm really intrigued with studying for some stuff coming up in the fall is how intrigued people were when they encountered God to name that place, to build an altar, and to put a spiritual marker in the ground. In fact, if you go to the Holy Lands, a lot of the times when you're touring, you're going back to these places and looking at these triumphant areas where these altars were built. No greater one than where is now the Dome of the Rock, which is where the Jewish temple will be rebuilt, the original site of the temple, which just so happened to also be where Isaac was taken to be sacrificed by Abraham. You say, well, I didn't know that. where Where you encounter God is a major place. And I want you to know that sometimes when you encounter God in a major place, you need to name it. You need to go back there. You need to listen to him. But that's a message for a different day. I want you to know what's going on is that the Israel people are trying to figure out is this covenant that God made for them is the promises of God able to be trusted? And they're feeling despair. They're feeling discouragement. They're kind of petitioning, oh, Jacob, oh, Israel, which is the same person, the same covenant, because they're struggling because of what's happened in their life if whether or not the covenant that God said and what he was gonna establish was really going to take place. And I want you to know that There's something amazing that God does when we have discouragement. Look at verse 28 in Isaiah chapter 40. Have you not known and have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has might, who has no might, he increases in strength. One of the number one things, if you're going to get to the things that God wants in your life, if you want to make sure you don't miss out, you need to understand that God has more ability than you. And you're like, thank you, Captain Obvious. But I watch the way you live, and I watch the late way that I live, and you can say thank you, Captain Obvious, but then why do we live the way that we live? You know, I think what God does, which is so amazing in Isaiah, is right after these people are having this discouragement, right after they're struggling, the first thing that God does is he reminds them, hey, can I tell you who I am? Like the issue is, is you're trying to get caught up in who you are. And don't mishear me, because of me, you can be amazing, talking about God. But can I tell you who I am? And then he goes on to the next verse and he reminds them who they are. He says, verse 30, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and even young men shall fall exhausted. See, he's reminding them that even in your greatest strength, like all of us guys that have gotten a little bit older, I don't know if you've done this lately. I've done it a couple of times, and I realize why I don't do it regularly. But you remember when you used to, like, wake up 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's like my my mom was like, just go outside, which was code for I'll holler at you when you need to come inside and get a sandwich or something, and then say, no, you just need to go outside. And then I'd go outside and she would holler or whistle or do something. We'd come in for dinner. And we'd start early in the morning and we would play. We'd play kickball. We'd play football. We'd play basketball. We'd go to the creek. We'd get crawdads. We'd go throw eggs. At, no, we didn't do that. We would go do different stuff and we would hang out and we would just play. We'd ride our bikes to the store to get candy. And we thought that was great. That was about a four-mile one-way trip. And we'd get on these little BMX bikes and we're just choo 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 And you know what? Mom didn't worry about where we were. Like, I think back now, I would literally be in a fetal position in a corner, like, well, I don't know where my kids are. Somebody has snatched my kids. What's happening? I mean, we would take off at 8 o'clock in the morning and show back up. You know, you better be in before the sun goes down. And not, mom had no idea where we were at, had no idea what we had done, the trees we'd been in, the, the cliffs we'd jumped off of, the ropes we'd swung on, the vines that we thought would be stronger than what they actually were. We, all these things that we've done, and we would show back up, and no matter how much we fell, no matter how much we stumbled, no matter how, there never was a time that day when I was young that I ever said these words Man, I'm tired. Like, I think back to some of the things that we used to do, and that one thing, I, I never remember getting tired. Now I wake up and I get to lunch, and I'm like, dude, I gotta take a nap. It's like, you, you've only been going for four hours. I know, but it's been a hard four hours. Like, it's amazing. And what God's doing is he's reminding them. You're struggling with this doubt. You're struggling with these struggles. You're struggling with things going on. And the reason being is because here's who you are, even in your greatest moments, and here's who I am. And then he goes into this amazing, amazing scripture that a lot of people know. Some people have it written on their walls. It says this, but they who wait, underline the word wait if you have a paper for Bible, right beside that word, you can also put the word hope. This, this word here that's in Hebrew can be looked at as wait or you can look at as hope. And the reason why it's interchangeable is because where your hope is is usually where you'll wait. I don't know of too many people that'll wait if there's not hope in where they're waiting. Like I don't know of a time in my life where somebody says, hey, stay here and wait. And I'm just like, do-do-do-do. I'm like, no, why am I waiting? And that's what he's saying. Listen. He says, but they who wait or hope in the Lord, listen to what it says, shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. You know, the most intriguing thing to me is that in this particular scripture. The animal that he talks about, the bird that he talks about is this amazing thing that we are symbolic, and I'm a very patriotic person, the eagle. And I don't think it's coincidental, but the reason why I believe the eagle is in this scripture is because the eagle is so different than any other animal that's ever been created. Because it's the only animal that when storms come, rather than batting down the hatches, you know what it does? It immediately soars and gets to the top and flies over the storms. Like that's one of the most intriguing characteristics of eagles. And you know what this is saying? If you'll put your hope, if you will wait on the Lord, if you will, if you will be patient in what's coming, then despite the storms that are coming in your life, despite the things that may be discouraging, despite the things that may be hitting, he's gonna give you the ability not to withstand the storm, not to batten down the hatches, not to tie into the end of the rope and hang on. No, he's, I'm gonna give you wings like an eagle where you can get up above the storm and you can look back and be like, whoo, man, that looks rough down there, but up here, it's always sunny. I never forget flying out of Nashville one time, it was an absolute monsoon. And I didn't have an option, I had to get where I was going. And I was like, my goodness, this is terrible. Like, it is dark, it is black, it is raining, we're on the tarmac, and they'll forget, the pilot says, I think we have a window, and we're going to try to get above this storm. And I'm going, let's go. And I remember we took off, and they said, everybody remain buckled. And I'm like, no problem there, I'm buckled, and it's just like bouncing. I mean, the turbulence, we're just, and we're going through, and it's dark, and I'm like, okay, this is how people disappear, right? Like everybody's watched that little show Manifest. I'm like, I'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be like 2050. I don't know what's gonna happen here. And I never forget, we were in the middle of like just all of this chaos. And all of a sudden, bloop, we were above the storm. And you know what immediately hit me in my mind? Immediately I looked across this amazing white, like cotton, basement that was the clouds. And immediately I noticed the sun. And for some reason, because of the storms that were going on when I was on the ground level, I'd forgot that the sun has never left its place. Like the sun has one purpose. And the the world revolves around the sun. And at no point, despite your perspective or what you see from your level, the sun has never moved. He, see how I'm doing here, is always in the same place. And he's still bringing light into your life. The problem is that sometimes because of the storms that come up, we get discouraged and we forget what's on the other side of the clouds. That's what this scripture's talking about when he says you're gonna mount up with wings and you'll get above the storms. You know what's great about getting above the storms? Is you can see the sun. And so I say all that for one simple statement. Why is this important? Can I read to you what I wrote down? Because if you knew what God knows about you and your purpose, you would do everything to not miss it. Can I tell you from this perspective that if you knew everything that God knows about you and what he wants for you, I promise you would not want to miss it. You say, Mickey, can you can you kind of give me an analogy here? Can you kind of help me understand kind of what you're saying? I mean, I know that sounds great. I mean, what are we talking about? The greatest thing that I could tell you about this, and And for all my people that are dating seriously or you're just recently married, I'm going to be offering a community group coming up that that we're going to dwell on this for seven weeks. It's going to be limited, so get ready to get signed up next Sunday at a Connect breakfast. But for all of my people that are dating or newly married, especially those that are dating, listen to me. If you knew how great marriage was going to be when you had the person God was calling you to, I promise it wouldn't be hard to say no to all the other monkeys and struggles Like I guarantee you that when you sit on the porch celebrating 20 years with your amazing spouse, you're not going to think about all the ex-boyfriends or the ex-girlfriends or the girl that walked in that was kind of hot at the mall or the guy that drove up in the pickup truck that you're like mm buddy or the you know the, the cowboy at the rodeo or whatever your thing is. Like, I get so tickled at how many people in their dating relationship forfeit what God had planned for them through the choices they make on this earth dating. And I'm just gonna tell you if you knew what God knew and what He wanted for you in a relationship on this earth, you'd have no problem being obedient and waiting. You wouldn't be discouraged. You wouldn't be frustrated. You wouldn't feel lonely. You wouldn't feel less than. You wouldn't struggle in social concepts. When people came up and be like, are you dating anybody? You wouldn't be like, well, I mean, I'm looking. I mean, I'm I'm available. You'd be like, no, I ain't found my dude yet. I ain't found my woman. Like, you'd be like, "Uh uh-uh. But let me tell you something. When I do find them, all of you going to be jealous (laughs) because God knows something more than you. Like, could you imagine? I'm going to chase the rabbit real quick and I can get back on track. Could you imagine if, if we actually realized that God is more than just God? Like, we talk about matchmakers, right? Do you know who the ultimate, like, God does direct paths to lead people together? So, like, which one do you want? Do you want Aunt Polly to be the one that sets you up or do you want God to orchestrate your steps and through obedience bring you together? And what is good for a dating relationship is also extremely good for your life, your career, your job, your purpose. Like God knows more than you know. As Pastor Sam said, his ways are higher than your ways. His knowledge is higher than your knowledge. So you don't have to get consumed with all the things that you don't know. You just gotta make sure that you know the person that does know. Like I can't tell you how many times in my life that God's blessed me with somebody that just knew more than me. Like it happens a lot. And what I've realized is a lot of times I don't have to be the person in the room that knows. I just gotta make sure the person that does know is in the room. And then i got to be willing to give them the authority. You know what most of us struggle with? Rather than giving the authority to the person that knows, we want to fake it and act like we know. You know what God says? Can I read it one more time? But, but they who wait or hope In the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You know, I believe, and I wrote down eleven promises that are in God's word that I just want to remind you today, and then I'm done, and we're gonna hit the pause button until next week. And trust me, you're gonna wanna be here as I conclude, because we're not gonna be in Isaiah. We're actually gonna talk about David and this amazing anointing and what he did. Like, what did David do immediately after he was anointed as king of God's people? Like, that was a real big deal. But I think there's 11 things that I want you to leave here with that are straight out of God's word that two of them I want to emphasize, and I think it'll drive this home, and then we're going to pray. Number one, if you want to understand who you are, if you want to understand what God's calling you to, if you want to understand, like, well, Mickey, I don't really know, but what does God know about me? Here's 11 promises out of God's word that will help you know who you are. Number one, you are loved unconditionally by God. God's love for you is unconditional. Can I help you understand this a little bit better? Okay, think of a condition, anything. Think of anybody that you get love from and there's a condition on it. You got it? I right, listen to me. That's not how God loves you. God says, I don't care what you do, I love you. I'll take it one step further. Do you know that hell is full of eternal souls that God loves? They just never responded to his love. See, we associate because of this earth that somebody's love is conducive to the way we respond to it. That's called a condition. That's not unconditional love. Unconditional love is when the love is available no matter what you do. Why? Because you're worthy to be loved. And God says in His Word, I love you unconditionally. You know what that means? He finds value in you. Number two, second promise you are never alone. In God's word, one of the things you need to know is not only are you can unconditionally loved by God, but there's also you are never alone. Third thing that's out of God's word, you are redeemed and have eternity in heaven. For those that accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God has already set in place. I go to prepare a place for you, declares the Lord. I play, and I, as I, if I go to prepare this place, how much more will I not come back and receive you to go to this place? For in my Father's house, there is many rooms. Like he is already preparing the place. Can I give you a real good perspective? Anybody got grandma's house that has a lot of rooms, but it's only grandma? Like the place is already ready, it's just a matter of whether or not you're gonna go. Now the grandma's house, you got to make a decision that I'm gonna get in the car and I'm gonna drive in the right direction that leads me to the driveway that leads to grandma's house, in which I'm gonna get cookies, milk, and amazing time with grandma in a space that has a lot of room. And God says, you know what? I got a place. You just gotta make sure you're going in the right direction. And to get there, you don't pull out your GPS and get on I-75 headed north. To get there, you take your pride and you put it over to the side and you say, I'm not going to be in control. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to submit and make him Lord of my life. And God says, oh, yeah, come on, I'll give you the directions. And when you get there, you want me to tell you how amazing it is? You don't pull up on this, like, gravel driveway going up to this little house with cookies or whatever. You pull out and there's going to be a gate and there's going to be all these angels and the streets are going to be made of gold and there's no more pain. But it's amazing to me how many people say, "Well, I I mean, I'm just, I'm not interested." The things I want to do in this world, man, I'll forfeit that because, boy, this moment right now is amazing. I call those people fools. Fourth thing, God formed you with intent and knows you intimately, out of Psalms. Fifth thing. God's plan for your life is to prosper and not to harm. That's a promise that he has. Jeremiah 29, 11. Sixth thing, you have special strength available to you through Christ. That's a promise that God has. Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like when you hit a point where you feel like, I can't do anything, realize that through Christ, it's not that we have superhuman abilities. I know Marvel keeps putting out movie after movie after movie, and it's like, hey, here's this new person. Hey, here's this new person. Hey, here's this new person. I don't think it's that sort of thing, but I think that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and he has the ability to give us strength, we call them spiritual gifts, to do exceedingly more than you really think you can do. Another promise that's in God's word is God wants to bless you. I don't know why in church life we think of God as like this Sherlock that's out to get us. God says, no, I want to bless you. Eight thing that's in God's word that's a promise. He says, God hears your prayers and can move through them. Communicating with God is not just this simple like, hey, Lord, bless this food, nurse our bodies, and forgive me my sin. Amen. Now, he hears your prayers, and not only does he hear your prayers, but he can actually move and do the miraculous through your prayers. Another thing that's in God's Word, number nine, hope is always alive in your life as long as you have faith. No matter how crazy it is, hope is always alive as long as you have faith. I'll tell you real quickly, real quick, Rabbit, for 25 years of student ministry, the reason why I stayed in student ministry is because of one reason. I watched students that in a moment would go from a path of destruction to eternal life and being a totally different person. Why? Because hope is always alive when it comes to faith. But there's two promises in God's word that I think is big enough for us to hit today that's where I want to dwell. One of them is this. Listen to this. I think it's funny because Pastor Sam didn't know the message and he said something about God. You are who the Bible says you are, the apple of his eye, more than conqueror, adopted into the kingship of the living God. But the last one is the one that I think is the biggest thing for us. The risk that God is calling you to take is always worth it. See, I, th- I think that if we understand these things, these promises that God has, and we really understand that, that we are who the Bible says that we are, and that the risk that God is calling us to is always worth it, then it helps us to understand them more. Let me, can I tell you, I, I put this post out, but I, I want to tell you what Eleanor Roosevelt said. Eleanor Roosevelt, obviously, I believe is probably the greatest first lady ever. She has more quotes than any other first lady. She was a phenomenal, phenomenal woman, did a whole lot of stuff. But listen to what she says. She said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. You say, Mickey, what? Why are we dwelling on this? Don't let what you don't know keep you from what God does know. Talk about the fear of missing out. Can I encourage you with one statement? Don't let what you don't know keep you from what God does know. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.